Morning, everybody. Um, it, it seems such a shame to to mute the uh, the chat that goes on before the service, doesn't it? It seems uh, it'd be nice to to carry on a bit longer, but we can always chat again after the service. Um, our service this morning is going to be uh, led by Stuart Nixon. Um, uh, it's actually it feels like we're getting back to normal because I've got loads of notices this morning, which uh, which haven't really had to, so much over the last the last few weeks. Uh, but first and most important, just to say a warm welcome to everybody, whether you're with us live on Zoom, whether you're watching us live on YouTube or whether you're catching up uh, through the week on YouTube, um, you're very welcome um, either way. Um, hopefully you've all received a notice sheet in your email. If you haven't, um, please let us know. There's contact details on the website, thomasrisley.org. Um, so please let us know and we'll make sure you get those. Um, so the notices, uh, the first one is next Sunday after the service, there will be a short church meeting. So if you could plan to stay for a little bit longer next Sunday, that would be fantastic. Um, the second notice is you may have noticed that there's been a government announcement around uh, some scenarios where churches can open. Um, the the URC advice and the elders have considered it is that it isn't impacting what we're going to be doing for for the moment. We're not going to be making a change. The only the only thing that the law allows different differently at the moment is that that people are allowed individually to go into the church building to pray. Um, obviously, we believe that you can pray anywhere and encourage prayer anywhere and any time. So the church building isn't needed to have that conversation with God. Um, but we will keep that under review and we'll let you know if that changes or as soon as that changes. Um, we're, this is, we're, we're a couple of weeks into Zoom now. We are trying a couple of different things. What you will notice is through the service, Colin will share some words for readings um, and things like that that will appear on the screen. Um, please let us know uh, if you like that or don't like it and if it works okay for you. Um, and the other the other sort of Zoom change that we're going to do is that there will be a prayer room, breakout room set up at the end of the service. So you should see at the end of the service an invite to a prayer room. You're welcome to use it. Hopefully there will be others in there to, to pray with you and we'll try and keep an eye and make sure some elders join. Uh, if anybody goes in there, you, you're not obliged to do that. As I say, you can pray anytime. But if you'd like somebody to pray with you, if you... Um, go into that prayer room when you get the notification and somebody will come and pray with you and again if that doesn't work for any reason please let us know and we'll we'll try and fix it going forwards um there uh, so i've been asked to, to let you know that later in the service you may need a piece of a4 paper and a pen or some colored pencils so uh, if you have one available, that would be fantastic. If you don't, don't worry. Um, and I think that's all of the notices. Safe to say, um, please stay at home for a cup of tea or coffee or some juice and a biscuit, whatever you've got at the end of the service. Um, uh, but, but maybe hang around for a chat for a few minutes as well. So, you know, prayer, prayer or chat at the end, just as you wish. Uh, with that, I shall now hand over to Stuart.
Thank you and good morning. Um, just to let you know that the notice about the paper and the pencil is for Kate's worship next week and not today. So don't rush off and get some paper and pencil today. Uh, that's for next week uh, when Kate's leading the worship. Uh, we're going to start off today uh, with uh, a psalm of praise. Psalm 89, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and will make your throne firm through all generations. The promise of God to David there, that he will be with him forever, that he will be faithful and true. And there's a statement there of, I will, it's a choice. David says, I will praise you forever. I will lift you high. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to make that commitment to God this morning. I will, we will worship the Lord. So let's pray. Lord God, we come this morning together separate but together in this place. Lord, be with us wherever we are. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to worship you, to make that step, that choice, that commitment to worship you this morning. And as we worship and as we hear your word, draw us closer to you. May we know that relationship with you growing and growing day by day. We also pray, Lord, for forgiveness. We want to say sorry for the things that we've got wrong. The times where we haven't chosen your path and gone your way. Forgive us, Lord. Help us to walk your way. And as we've prayed, we can only do that in the strength of your Holy Spirit. So fill us afresh and build us up as we worship you this morning. We offer these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fiona's going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Thank you. I believe it's over to Steve for birthdays. Yes. Uh, any birthdays? Yes, it's Roland. <laughs> Brilliant. OK, let's all sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Roland. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Roland. 
and we'll uh, have our Bible readings for this morning. Matthew 10, verses 24 to 39. The student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers, and servants like their masters. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebul, how much more the members of his household? So do not be afraid of them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed, or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Others. Um... I guess this morning you will have made some decisions, what you're going to have for breakfast. That's quite an easy decision. Uh, maybe uh, even more in-depth than that, what cereal or what are you going to have toast? Uh, maybe some of you even woke up to bacon and eggs. Uh, I don't know, especially if it's your birthday. Roland, did you have bacon and eggs? No, no, much more healthy than that. Sometimes it's a, it's a slightly more difficult uh, if you're moving into a new house or you're uh, moving into a new place, choosing that house, that's quite a big big decision to make. But when you get inside, there are other decisions, paint colour, uh, who's going to go where, what's going to go where. And then there's decisions that are, you know, good for us. You choose, do we have that bar of chocolate? Or shall I have white bread, which tastes okay? Or shall I have that wholemeal bread? that tastes like cardboard, but it does us good. We make all those choices, all those choices, every day, all the time, and they're quite easy to make. But there are hard choices to make too. And sometimes, I don't know if it's just me, but for many of us maybe, when we make a hard choice, it can make us feel unhappy, even if it's the right choice to make. We know that recently, maybe some doctors and nurses in the NHS have had to make some pretty tough choices about people's life, life and death even. Those decisions won't be made easily and they won't make the people, anybody, feel happy. 
So I would say, as an aside, really, pray for our doctors and nurses who make those tough decisions, uh, not just now in this epidemic, uh, pandemic, but uh, but throughout the li- uh, their lives and their, their their working lives. Politicians too are making difficult decisions. Uh, whatever decision any politician makes, somebody will always disagree with it. Some of the decisions have been tough. They've been hard on us as, as people of this country and the people of the world. It's a tough decision to make. It's the right decision to make to lock us down, but it was a hard one to live with. Following Jesus, that too can be a tough choice. Jesus says in scripture, he says, nobody builds a tower without counting the cost. Nobody goes to war without working out the size of the enemy's army. He says you need to weigh up following him, that it won't be easy, that there will be tough decisions to be made. Following Jesus is great. I don't want to get any, any, I don't want to put you off but also to consider the reality of what it means to truly and really follow the Lord. Some people who choose to follow Jesus might find their friends mock them. Ah, you're a Christian now. (laughs) What what good do you think that will do you? Some people at work might think that because you follow Jesus, that you're expected to be different or better. Oh, some Christian you are. Some parts of the world, not ours, thankfully, but some parts of the world, if you choose to follow Jesus, it's illegal. Or if it's not officially illegal, it's very hard to follow Jesus. You'll be persecuted. People will uh, threaten you. You may find that you're threatened even with prison or death. Again, pray for our brothers and sisters who are persecuted throughout the world, that they might have the strength to continue to follow Jesus. So following Jesus can be a really tough choice, but it's a choice we have to make. You cannot not make that choice. So we're going to think about three things today, and they're all making choices. First is to make a choice for Jesus. The second is to make a stand for Jesus. And the third is make a difference for Jesus. So first of all, make a choice for Jesus. Give your life wholly over to Jesus. This is what we're called to do. That's what Jesus was saying as he was going through this passage that we heard in in Matthew's gospel. That there are many things that take our time away, the focus of our lives. But Jesus says we've got to give our lives wholly over to him. There's no fence sitting here. We can't say, well, I think I'll follow Jesus today and then maybe tomorrow I won't. Or, well, Jesus was a good man and and I quite like his teachings, but that's about as far as I get with him. Jesus doesn't leave us room for that. His death on the cross was a death that showed that he was prepared to give his all that we could know God personally, that we could experience the power of the Holy Spirit, that we could know the forgiveness of sin. In that, there's no fence sitting. We have to give our lives wholly to him. 
And this isn't a new thing. In the Old Testament, even people were were given that choice. There are so many occasions where even God's people were going off the rails and, and God kept calling them back, maybe sending prophets or others that would speak and say, come on, you're supposed to know that following God is the best choice to make, yet you're not. You're going off and worshipping those other gods, those idols. And there's this passage from Joshua, Joshua 24, right at the end of the, the book of Joshua. And, and they've gone through all the amazing stuff. They've gone over the Jordan. They've come into the promised land. And yet you get the sense that the people of Israel are still holding on to the, the gods that they worshipped even 40 odd years ago when they were still back in Egypt. They weren't quite given their whole lives over to worshipping and following the Lord God. But these are the words that are said. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That's what Joshua was saying. He had made that decision. His life and his household, his family, were not going to follow those foreign gods, be led down the path to oblivion. They were going to follow the Lord and do it fully. So as I say, there's no fence sitting here. When we look at that passage from Romans, Paul talks about giving our lives over to Jesus, that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. Our following of Jesus, our choice to follow Jesus, is a choice to accept that he will forgive us our sins. I know there are some people, even in the Christian life today, who would suggest that, well, Christianity, really, we've got past all that. Oh, Jesus forgives us for our sins stuff. We're on to something else now. Maybe it's about doing some good deeds and seeking God's approval or being nice to each other. And, uh, and, and that's enough for us. That takes the power out of the cross. The reality is Jesus gave his life for us for the forgiveness of our sins. That we could be restored, that we could be made holy, that we could know God's forgiveness. That we wouldn't be judged uh, and found guilty, that we'd be found innocent. And that we could find and know the Lord God Almighty. So that's a choice we need to make. Do we choose to let Jesus forgive our sins? Do we allow God that privilege to forgive us our sins? Jesus expects us to follow him in a way that reflects this fully. We give ourselves to him fully, so we must follow him fully that's the choice that we make not just at one point in our lives but every day we need to follow that path of righteousness what that means is to follow God's path to do the things that God wants us to do to be the people that God wants us to be it says that we should um, be be holy as our heavenly father is holy that's the choice we make. 
We can choose our own path and decide to go down our own routes, or we can choose to be holy in our lives. The one thing that marks us out as Christians is a ceremony that many of us have been through at some time in our life, and that's baptism. And Paul uses that symbolism of baptism in his letter here. He says, like you've been baptised and you were baptised and you you went into the water and you were raised out. That's what it's like. You, you died to sin and you're raised to life. And it's like that baptism. But do we really live out our baptism promises? They're choices that we've made. The baptism promises probably went something like this. Somebody would have asked this question of us. Do you repent of your sins, turn away from evil and turn to Christ? Again, that asks us that question. Are we dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus? Are we prepared to put Jesus first, to turn away from the evil in, the, in our lives and to turn to him? Another baptism question do you confess Jesus Christ as your saviour and Lord? Fundamental to our faith. Have we truly answered that question with a yes? And I would say if you haven't done that yet, please do consider it at least. But more than that, if you can say yes to it, get on your knees, say yes to God. I confess that Jesus Christ his saviour and Lord. Another baptism promise. Do you accept the gift and cost of following Christ in your daily life and work? Do we do that every single day? Accept the gift and cost that sometimes it will be costly to choose Christ. And then with the whole church, will you proclaim by word and action the good news of God in Christ. Do we choose to speak it out? As it said in the Gospel of Matthew, from the rooftops, to proclaim it at the top of our voices, from the top of our houses, that Jesus is Lord. Whatever it is, we need to make a choice. Secondly, we need to make a stand. As we make the choice to follow Jesus, we also need to make a stand for Jesus. The passages are quite tricky in Matthew, and we have to be quite careful how we uh, look at them. Matthew 10, 27 to 31 says, What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then it goes on to say about the sparrows and, uh, and how they're cared for and how God knows every hair on our heads. I guess that's easier to know for some people than others, um, depending on how many hairs you've got on your head. Uh, but then it goes on to say about how Jesus had come not to bring peace to the earth, but a sword. Now, this isn't what we sort of expect from Jesus, we expect him to be the man of peace. And yet he says, I've come to bring not peace, but a sword. For I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against a mother. And then it says, anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. 
like I say, we have to be very careful how we interpret it, uh, interpret those passages because they've been used to create cults in the past that you give everything over to, to the cult leader rather than the, the, your family. But what he's saying and using uh, extreme language, if you like, is there is nothing more important than Jesus Christ, than himself. There's nothing more important than following him. And that sometimes the greatest challenge to our faith comes from those closest to us. That sometimes it is our parents, our families, who expect more of us because we're Christians or give us a harder time because of our faith. Following Christ may mean standing against commonly held beliefs in our society that won't make us popular. That's a choice we have to make. Do we make that stand? Do we say, I believe in that by the Bible teaches this and yet hold and yet when we're asked our opinion or or in a debate or in a situation where somebody has a different view from us, are we prepared to say, well, I, I believe that uh, this is the case, not not what you're saying. Do we stand against injustice? We've seen a lot of stuff in the news recently about people standing up for the injustice of, of Black Lives Matter. The whole idea that people, just because of the colour of their skin, are, uh, are in any way less. We need to stand against injustice in the name of Jesus Christ. Speak for the voiceless in his name. Or sometimes we need to stand tall for Jesus. <laughs> That's quite tough too, a tough choice to make, especially when it feels like we're the only one who follows the way of Christ. For example, if we went to a party um, and uh, the drink was freely flowing, I know parties seem a long time ago or, or a distant memory perhaps, but you go to a party and you're there to enjoy yourself, of course. But do we have to make a stand sometimes and say, well, I've had enough now. I, I don't want to overdo it. Uh, I know that I'm an, an ambassador, a, a representative of Jesus. Um, maybe I need to be a bit more sensible with how I live my life. Or perhaps we need to make a stand in showing grace and love. When around us and sometimes even in our local area, when we see hate or difficulties abound, can we stand up and show the grace and love of Jesus instead? It's true, we may feel scared to do this because it's a tough choice to make. It's a tough ask. But Jesus reminds us in Matthew 10, 28, don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. What he's saying is, it's better to have fear of the Lord than it is to fear people. We're not afraid to make a stand on behalf of our favourite football teams or our rugby teams, depending which shape ball you like better. We often cheer from the, from the sidelines. We, we raise our voices when our team wins. And for those of us who support teams that don't win that often, that's an even better thing when we see them score a goal. But making a stand for Jesus is far more important 
it was far more important than following our favourite football or rugby team. And maybe we need to take that and be fanatical, fans of Jesus. Jesus says when we make a stand, we become like a lamp on a lampstand. We're called not to hide our light, but to make that stand, put that light on a, on a lampstand, be a city on a hill so that everyone can see that we follow Jesus. We need to make a stand. And thirdly, we need to make a difference. When we've made a choice to follow Jesus, when we've made a choice to make a stand in his name, we need then to make a difference. Because people will notice the difference following Jesus has made in our lives. If we're living it out in accordance with his will, by the power of the spirit, people will notice the difference. Now, following Jesus, as we said, will not be easy. Jesus likens it to cross carrying. Now, those who carried their crosses were those that were heading to death and a pretty grim death too. Jesus says we've got to be like them. As we follow him, it's going to be tough at times. It's going to be feeling like we're heading uh, towards something pretty horrible. But he is with us. His joy, his life is in us. It's not an easy life to follow Jesus because we, we're expected to be different. But if you think about it, how many people seeking an easy life have ever made a difference? You've never heard of anybody that has tried to live an easy life historically and ever made a difference in the world. I know he's become a slightly less popular, but Winston Churchill said this, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. He certainly wasn't in it for the easy life. And I guess our following of Jesus can be like that. We need to make a difference. But what difference can we make? Sometimes it seems odd that just us, that we have nothing to offer, that we're, you know, perhaps we're not great in our learning. Perhaps we haven't got lots of big words to use. Maybe we struggle to engage with people. But I think we can make a difference because Jesus is alive in us. We make that choice to make a difference every day. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we need to recapture the gospel glow of the early Christians who were nonconformists in the truest sense of the word. Their powerful gospel put an end to such barbaric evils as infanticide and bloody gladiatorial contests. Finally, they captured the Roman Empire for Jesus Christ. They did that. They overcame the mighty Roman Empire, this small, small but growing band of people that followed Jesus by living sacrificially, by offering their whole lives to him and by living in love and grace and mercy. We're all called to make that difference, to show the world a different way. And maybe we can do that even easily with our social media. What do we put on social media? What do we like? What are we offering to the world through our Facebook pages and our WhatsApp and our Instagram and other places? 
is it positive? Is it good? Does it point to the goodness of the world? Does it point to Jesus? Or is it stirring up trouble? We can follow Jesus. We can choose to make that stand. We can make a difference because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We can see God at work. And we need to proclaim the name of Jesus, choosing to carry our cross as we follow him. Like I say, it's not an easy choose, but once we do it, it's the best thing ever. So what I ask today as we finish here, make that choice today. Make that stand today. Make that difference today and always for the sake of Jesus and in his name. Amen. We'll now have our prayers for the local community and wider world. Now we pray. We pray, Lord, for the shops and schools that are open on Monday. We pray, Lord, for our shops, that people can feel safe to go there, that people can feel safe to work there. We pray for the nation as it gradually comes out of lockdown and the recovery of our elves, our health and our economy. Well, we pray for nations of the world as they recover from the effects of coronavirus, both health and economic. We pray for the nations that will struggle more than others. We pray we will support those who struggle more than others, that we find time and effort to do it. We find the money to do it, even with the economies that have been wrecked. <coughs> and ours is, it's a lot better than ours. We pray, eh, Lord, for our community in Birchwood. We pray for our church and the others as they plan for return to worship in the building again, however that's going to be, whether that's going to be, whatever shape that's going to be. We give thanks, Lord, for, for good things happening. We give thanks and praise, Lord, for the fact that Sarah's back, Rachel's back, and Tim and Anne must be so relieved that we just pray that the next two weeks Go quickly before they can see her again. And Lord, today, I want to pray for the protest that we've seen. Yesterday's protest in the UK. And the photographs have seen time and time again of anger and of aggression. And I'm not even going to dwell on those photographs. But fine today. Find today the photograph of the man carrying the other man. The image of a protester carrying the injured counter-protester to safety. And we pray, Lord, that we, as a church, as a person, as a follower of you, will pick up our friends and those who aren't our friends and carry them to safety. 
In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, we'll now finish with the grace um, and then uh, either stay for a chat if you wish or um, or all the prayer room will open for anybody who wants to pray. So let's say the grace together. You can you can all unmute if you wish. May the grace Jesus of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ and the love of God, of God and, and the fellowship of the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit be, with be with us all, all evermore. Amen. 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 And